get ready for a parenting adventure. Welcome to Little Adventures Parenting and Beyond, the podcast that explores all things family. From child development to mental health, we've got you covered. Join us for a fun and informative discussion with expert guests and real-life parents. Let's go on an adventure. Hello and welcome to another episode of Little Adventures Parenting and Beyond. Today we have Gabriella Rivero, who is the owner of Express and Release Therapeutic Dance, which is based out of Durham, North Carolina. All right. So welcome, Gabrielle. So can you tell us about your journey of starting Express and Release Therapeutic Dance and how it has evolved over time? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm so glad to be here, by the way. Thank you so much for even inviting me. And Thank you for being here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, so Express and Release, this is my baby because <laughs> um, I have two kids. <laughs> so, so it's also like my third child. But essentially, this whole thing started out of me helping my four-year-old actually calm down. So um, one afternoon, he came from preschool, and I have two kids, um, two toddlers now. My oldest is five. My second is three, both boys. And at this point, he was four, and we come home from preschool. And in our house, we're, like, very, like, feelings-based. We're, like, oh, we have crying chairs. We're, like, process your emotions, like, all the things. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> so we, we're, like, super much, like, we're those people. Um, so this day he comes home and he's like kind of a frustrated and like crying at me. And I'm like, okay, but I get it. But go to your crying chair and like go spin. And our crying chair is like I close and I spin. And I'm like, you can go spin and like calm down and I'll be here when you're all done. So I like walk away thinking the whole situation's handled. And I go outside to get the mail and I'm like, oh, I'll come back in. Everything will be fine. So I go outside and I hear him crying and I, as I get close to the house. I hear someone screaming. And then I kind of look in the window and I see like pillows being tossed around the room. And I'm like, oh no, we have escalated. Crying chair did not work. What's plan B? And I'm standing there <laughs> trying to figure out what, how am I going to react? And um, as you guys don't know, but I'm a dancer. So I've been a dancer for a long time. Um, oh, cool. I did a lot of research on dance, the rejection of dance, et cetera. So I walk back in the house and I like see him like throwing stuff. And my younger kid's kind of scared because he's never seen him like get to this point. And I look at him and I'm like, okay, I have two options here. I can either tell him, no, stop doing this. This is bad. And if I say that, the moment I say that, he's going to now think that his anger is bad and should not be expressed. Or I can figure out a different way to help him get it out in a safe way. So I just randomly <laughs> just was like, hmm, shake the anger with your head. And he like stops and like, what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you heard me. Shake the anger with your head. And he's like, okay. And he started shaking a little bit. And I'm like, all right, all right. That kind of worked. Okay, um, now pick it up with your shoulders. And he's like, yeah, he starts taking off with the shoulders. And I'm like, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. So I'm like, just pulling it out. I'm like, all right, now take it from your chest. And he's like, okay. And he's like shaking his chest. I'm like, <laughs> this is good this is good I'm like now your stomach your stomach so he's going and we get all the way to the feet by the time we get to the feet he's like fully in it at this point like he's like shaking anger with his feet he's like feeling the anger and I'm like yeah this is working and then essentially I stopped giving him props and he just starts dancing across the room and at this point he's never taken a dance class he's never like been tech trained or anything and his lines were perfect 
his legs were beautiful. And I'm like watching this like full expression of movement. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? He's fully abandoning himself, letting out all of this anger and now getting to the point that he's laughing. And I'm like, what just happened here? So I asked him like, hey, are you okay now? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, what was wrong? He's like, oh, my head was hurting. Like, oh, okay, okay, cool. Well, next time we can start with the head hurting and we can give you some help for that. Um, yeah. But this works too. So then after that, that became kind of like our language in our house. So anytime someone was frustrated or angry, and like the next day I was angry and I was like, Ugh! and he's like, mommy, dance it out. I was like, ah, oh, my words against oh. me. <laughs> Don't you love like, that? Yeah, let's do this, right? So it became literally like our language of when we felt emotions, we would instead of just like being, just feeling enraged with them, but finding movement to let it out. And then people started asking us more about it. And then I started saying, wait a second, dance so far in our culture has become very routinized. It's mm -hmm. become technique based where we're doing just ballet, we're doing jazz, hip hop, which those are great expressions of movement, but that's actually not just dance. And I started learning the more, and, more and, and, and part of it is I already knew that, right. but seeing him doing that was like the reminder for me of I've overcomplicated dance, mm -hmm. that dance is actually just the way to express anything. It's the way that we live through life because everything is movement. Even though we've been trained to think that movement is a certain thing, that it is first position or it is a hip hop move, but really movement is breathing. Movement is sleeping. Movement is standing still. Movement is picking up a glass of water. Movement is playing with a pen or a pencil. All those things are movement and essentially dance is a sequence of movements. So as we engage with the world, it's really learning how do we find our own internal movements, our own dances, so that we can then express ourselves for stress, for emotion regulation, for self-expression, for self-love and self-acceptance of the body, and seeing the goodness and the beauty within us as we find our own dances. Gabby, that's beautiful. That is so cool. Oh my gosh. So obviously this is what inspired you to create the Express and Release therapeutic dance studio, right? It was your son. Mm -hmm. So how were you able to bring that into the community? Yeah, so that's a great question. So <laughs> I, I, I'm a, as you guys might see, I'm a visionary. So like I see the big picture. I'm like, how do we change the world, right? So the funny thing is I actually been asking myself that question for almost, almost 10 years now. So I've kind of come to this relationship with dance where I was seeing it being rejected in different spaces. And I was kind of, I wanted to push back against the culture. So I've been a dancer, as I told you guys, and I was out in LA for a while doing dance stuff. And the constant uh, um, language I would hear about dance, it was always just underrepresented everywhere I would go. And it wasn't just underrepresented, it was also undervalued. So dancers were, are paid the least. And then I would see people's reactions when we had the Super Bowl dances and people are like, no, this was inappropriate. Ah, like, and, and I would keep hearing how people were responding to movement. Then I started saying, okay, what is happening internally that's making us respond this way? Because this isn't just a, a, a weird thing. Like it's not some happenstance. It's something that has been trained in us that makes us see movement and say something's not right here. 
So I did a bunch of research on this, right? And I did, looked at it through all the philosophers. I went all the way back to Plato and started trying to understand it in like this psychology, in, in this philosophical realm of trying to figure out, okay, philosophically, what happens in our bodies? Philosophically, what has been been trained in us to respond in this way? And as I did all this research, I basically got to the point of learning that over centuries, while we rejected dance, we also rejected the body. As we rejected the body, we rejected the emotions. And my new mission in life has become, how do I help people learn to accept those things, accept the body, accept the emotions, accept movement, because they're all intertwined as one. So I started trying to figure out, how can I do that with dance spaces? And I reached out to a couple of dance friends um, and, and different like dance networks and in, in, on Facebook. And I'm like, hey, I have this idea of doing like dance for your emotions. People were like, yeah, no, no, whatever. <laughs> do that i'm like i think they would though and they're like no 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 you would never get people to do it and they're like and you'll never get adults to do it because adults will not go to dance classes and i was like hmm why <laughs> and i'm like let's figure out what's happening here so then i talked to a therapist and we just met up at a park moms right right the kids were playing they were playing a park we end up talking we're like oh you're kind of cool and she's like oh you're kind of cool i was like let's have a mom date so then we just sat together and she's like i'm a therapist so i was like oh i'm a stay-at-home mom that's everything that i do and she's like okay <laughs> All of that. And i was like no no but i am i just stay at home with my kids and she's like well what else do you dream about and i was like oh nothing i just have these ideas of you know doing some dance thing she's like dance thing. I'm like, oh, oh, it's this idea where, you know, dance classes would be emotion based or we would focus on anger. We'd focus on sadness and basically create spaces for people to grieve together through movement. Okay. Spaces for people to heal together through movement, to be angry together through movement. And I was telling her this and she just like stops. I'm like, what? And she's like, you need to do this. I was like, oh no, but there's no, there's no one that wants it. She's like, oh, I have a whole class that wants it. I was like, wait, seriously? He's like, yeah, so whenever you're ready, like, go do it. I was like, oh, no, no, I'm not qualified. No, no, I can't do it. No, it's okay. She's like, okay, well, let me know when you're ready. So like three months later, I called her. And I'm like, hey, I think I'm ready. And she's like, yeah, I thought you were then. But <laughs> now that you've figured it out, like, let's go. And then essentially, we started doing classes for adults. And we started inviting adults to come together and just see okay, what am I creating? Can we create spaces where people can grieve together, can be angry together, can be sad together? So I started trying to put that together and I was like, wait a second. Well, yes, we can do that. There's something else going on with adults that I have to kind of address because while yes, we can be angry for adults, we've been trained already to not feel those things. We've right. been trained to not be in our bodies. So I'm like, we have to have a whole separate area of just learning how to accept our bodies. Like, what is our bodies? <laughs> Who are we? What do we have? And then after we accept our bodies, then we can express those things. Then we can let those things out so that we can release them from ourselves. So that's kind of how I started in, uh, giving it to the community. And then after I did my first adult class, my first adult workshop, I then was like, wait, I could do a kids class. I started with kids. Why don't I re-engage the kids? So then yeah. we started doing kids classes as well. And we have kids classes and adults where they, everyone just really learns how to accept the emotions, express them through movement to get them out of their bodies. That's fantastic. I mean, as an adult, I would totally take that class. Same. I was <laughs> just we do, thinking we, that. We, we dance a lot of things out at our house. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. 
I love it. And it is. It is really just we just dance it out. We'll throw on some music and we'll just jam and like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you ever – there's videos. There's tons of videos on my Facebook of my son TJ dancing and it's hysterical because he does not care. Yeah. He does not care what movement it is. It's a movement and he's rocking it. Yes. And sometimes he looks like it's hysterical. Sometimes I'm just sitting there like belly laughing. But <laughs> he feels so good afterwards. And it's like that's also hard as an adult though, trying to release those um, you know, you're you're nervous. You're nervous. People are gonna judge you for your dance moves. And as a kid, it's just so raw and real. You're like, oh, I don't care about things. I'm just gonna move. And I'm like, oh, but what's if what's if I look like like look dumb doing this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and that's actually a, a really good point that you even mentioned. It's, that is the big thing with adults versus kids. Like for our kids class, we really do just get to express ourselves because for kids, they don't have that idea that their movements are bad yet. They mm-hmm. actually feel free to just be, to move, yeah. to bark like dogs, like to howl like wolves. Like they feel <laughs> fully confident to just do that. But and with adults, we do kind of hold that shame. And we do sit with that. And and part of it is that maybe at one point someone might have laughed at you when you danced or at one point you started dancing and someone said, hey, this wasn't okay. Like you're not supposed to dance that way or that's not movement. And then the brain like retrains and says, dance is no longer safe. Right. So a lot of what we do like in my class, our very first session, we so I make workshops. I do a six week workshop for a one-on-one class and the very first thing we do is actually make a covenant, so make a safe space covenant. And everyone actually decides what do we need for this space to be safe. Mm. And people put on there, like, I need to make sure that no one judges me so I can just do whatever. And people are put in there, like, I need to know that weirdness is welcome, that I'm allowed to be weird in this space. And like, literally the whole group will write down together what do they need and some most times confidentiality that all movement is good that anything is acceptable as long as it doesn't help that hurt the self hurt our friends or hurt the space like then we really do try to push in there how do we create spaces where people don't hold on to that shame and they don't feel like they're what they're doing is not okay and then another thing that I do, and and I and I, everyone like gives me this crazy look, is sometimes. Well, my first class when I set every, get everyone together, I invite people to use blindfolds, and I'm like, here's an eye covering. That's fun. Thing. And I do that because what happens is I'll say like, okay, guys, what does a tree look like in our bodies, right? And I'll ask that question, and one person will do this, and then if there's not a blindfold, so they'll make make a tree, and if there's not a blindfold, then someone else will replicate that same tree. Mm. And part of that's the mirror neurons to say, oh, it's go- it happens like this. This is the correct answer. But I'm constantly saying there is no right answer with movement. Your tree is going to look different from the next person's tree and different from the next person's tree. So how do we block out what everyone else is doing and find our own internal movements? So and that really I- teaches individuality, which is amazing. Because yeah. mm-hmm. so we don't, I- we don't have that anymore. No, we, we really have been conditioned to think that there is this right thing to do, that everyone's supposed to be have this uniformity. And it's like, no, we're actually all different. So we can all actually express in different ways. Where if I ask the question, what does a sun look like? Everyone's going to make a sun differently. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because we all interpret the world, interpret our lives, our, our colors differently. So one time I asked people, what does the color red look like? One person was like, red, obviously fire. 
Next person's like, red? Obviously, my child, my child's favorite color is red. Next person's like, red? Obviously, it's the sun. Like, which everyone has their own interpretation of just one basic word, red. So I really do, like, I I try to push of, like, how do we find our own internal self-love, our own internal self-compassion, our own radical acceptance for ourselves and what we, our bodies do naturally and not what we expect them to do. That's really, really cool. Because I feel like now, especially with like social media and everything else going on in the world, all we're doing is just finding somebody to replicate. Oh, if I want my my life to look like them, let me replicate that. So the fact that you're taking away that crutch that we all lean on, that is ingenious. That is – I want to take your dance class. <laughs> I want to take your workshop. This is awesome. I, I do get the pushback though. I do get some people that are like, no, tell me the moves. And I'm like, no, I will never. There's no right answer. they get so angry and they're like, no, I want to know what I'm supposed to do. And I'm like, there are classes for that. There, are, You can go to a ballet class. You can learn every technique, technical move to know. You can go to a jazz class and they can give you the choreography. I will never give you choreography. And they're like, but I need to know. But there is no right answer. Like, yeah. That is the problem. There is no right answer. We're all going to move differently. So we have to actually learn how do we take off with this societal perception of movement or our, of ourselves. Yeah, you're really taking people out of their comfort zone because there's, everybody's so used to having like a specific direction for things. And you're kind of like, nope, like this is all you. Just figure it out. Whatever makes you feel whatever we're t- talking about. I, I really like that. Because we do that in the classroom too, like as teachers, like we try to get the kids to think of things without having to be given specific directions and let their creativity come out. And sometimes there's kids that really struggle with that because they're so used to their parents have told them, this is how you have to do things. And to break them out of that is really difficult. And so for adults, I can't even imagine doing that because I've never been in an environment where I have to kind of just be creative and let myself free. I think that would be amazing to try, try out. It, it really, it really is that. It is really just pushing people a little bit past their comfort zone, um, so that they can listen to their bodies, so that they can learn to respond to their bodies. Because when we end up mimicking what the next person does, we never actually learn what what we ourselves do. We never learn what actually feels good for us. So a lot of what I'm trying to do is trying to say, hey, I'm not going to give you technique or I'm not going to give you the right answer because your body has something it wants to say. How do we instead listen to the body and let the body take the lead, let the body respond? So you, your body has trauma, body's holding on to emotions. It's holding on to sensations. This is a moment to let it out in any way that feels good and comfortable and safe for the space. So that's beautiful. Yeah. With, with that juggling motherhood and running a business can be a challenge. (laughs) So how do you manage your time and find a balance between your personal life and professional responsibilities? That is a great question and something I struggle with every day. Um, Essentially, what I have decided as a mom is that my kids come first and that the business can always wait. Someone told me early on when I first started. So I started this basically last fall and I started started my first workshop in October and everything was going great. And then I got a concussion (laughs) and I got a concussion by putting my kids pajamas on. At night and I'm like pajamas <laughs> on, and somehow my foot just slips and I bang my head against the wall oh yes, my this is real and it ended up being a severe concussion and I had to go to the hospital it was a whole thing 
And I was like freaking out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I had all these things I was planning on doing, my life, like what just happened. Yeah. All the and I was like in the process of creating curriculum for um some so, some therapists and other professionals reached out and said, Hey, can do you have a method we can use that we can offer this into our clients? And I was like, Oh, I can definitely create that. So the process of creating all this stuff and I'm like doing all these things. And I get this concussion, so then I can't walk i can't do anything i'm just sleeping for like two weeks and then i get the second so i get my concussion in mid-november i do my last class barely just like muscle through it and then i have like two and a half weeks where i'm like okay i'm starting to get better and i'm starting about my so then two weeks later i'm getting my kids their pajamas the next time and i'm putting my five-year-old at this no he's four, so four I'm, I'm helping him put his pajamas on and i'm helping him pull them up and my other kid who's sitting on the potty is three at this point, And he's sitting there and he just looks at me. And I don't know what came over him, but he just leans back and just bashes me into the side of my head. And I just Stop. like. Stop. No. MMA, like just fall over. Where I'm like in mid-sentence like, no. Yes, that was real. And oh I gosh. sat there and I'm like, oh my gosh. This is the end. Like. Oh my, and he like had no malice. Like he wasn't doing out of anything. He just was curious probably. And he's like, mommy, why are you on the floor? And I like <laughs> get up, like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like my child just legitimately knocked me out. And I'm like freaking out and trying to process the whole thing. And I'm talking to my husband. I'm like, I'm never gonna be the same again. I'll never have anything. And I'm talking to like other business people. And I'm like, what am I gonna do? Like everyone's waiting on me. And someone looks at me and they're like, sure. You have a business. Yes, everyone's waiting on you. All those things are true. But the business does not work without you. You decide if things get canceled. You are the business. So you can cancel anything you need to cancel. You can postpone anything you need to postpone. The world will wait for you. And I heard that and I was like, huh, they have a point. Okay. And it almost gave me this sense of grace and everything I was doing. It was like the, the, the pressure to perform and be perfect was like, I don't need to be perfect for anyone. If I fail, only I fail. If I need to cancel, only it affects me. And I can deal with the fact that my kids are way more important than anything else I'm doing. And if I tell myself, oh, I'm doing this for my kids, I'm like, no, but like, they actually are the most important. Thing. So yeah. the way I juggle is I choose them. So I'm like, if you have an activity, I'm there. If you need me to show up, I'm there. If you're sick, I'm at home. Like meetings can get canceled. Everything be rearranged. You cannot be. So how do I make sure that you are the priority consistently, no matter what happens with business? If I need to go travel somewhere, do I take you with me? And that was the other thing I do with my kids. I bring them with me to like all the things I can. So I'm like, kids class, let's all go together. And they're like, yay, <laughs> like meetings, you're coming with me. You're good. Like, and they love it. They're like, my mommy is a dancer. We're a part of her life. They're like, she's the boss. I'm like, don't say that guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just your mom. They're like, no, you're the boss. <laughs> that's so cute. Okay. Oh, Gabby, so, that's so sweet. And you know what? You're teaching your boys priorities. Family is the most important thing. So with little adventures, when we have our board meetings and stuff like that, there's kids everywhere. We have podcasts <laughs> coming up that in-person podcasts and 
I'm bringing TJ and Patrick, my two boys. <laughs> and I'll bring and TJ even <laughs> yeah, TJ goes, he goes, Mom, do you think I can interview people too? And I was like, well, we could work up to that. I'm like, because some of the stuff obviously is not appropriate for kids, but some of it is. And I'm like, yeah, like we can work up to like you and Dax interviewing people too and being on the podcast with us. Like we could, yeah. we could work into that. That's amazing. Are, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So just like you, like we are so um, – family is always number one. It really is. And I'm, I'm so glad that you have the same viewpoint because it's it's so refreshing. I really do just want my kids to know as because I'm like, okay, we have children. How do we make sure our kids are good people? Like, And I'm like, everything that we're doing, they are going to model after us. So if I choose work only, then they're going to think that that's normal and they also have to choose work only. So I'm like, how do I make sure that as they grow up, they see mom was there and mom had a business or mom had a job, like, so that they know they can be there and they can work and do what they love. Like right now, my kid's five. He wants to be a marine biologist. Like that is his goal in life. He is That's sharp awesome. Obsessed. And like the thing for me is once someone tells me what's something they want, I will go all in. I'm like, we will figure this out. You are five years old and we will become a marine biologist by the time you're 18. I don't know. So, but I mean, like, I think you're going to shark school. (laughs) Like he started diving classes. Like I'm like so serious. That's so neat. So he's in diving, like, and we go to the aquarium all the time. We're like always finding new new shark toys and shark teeth. Like, and I am all about it. So if something needs to cancel, I'm like, kiddo, we're going to go to the aquarium today. And that's, and we're not here. And like, I'm good. I will put everything else aside. You matter first. That is so awesome, Gabby. I love that. So what are – obviously, you put your kids first, and that's obviously the priority. But what are some unique challenges you face as mom entrepreneur, and how do you overcome them? Today – great question. (laughs) Today, I woke up, and I'm like, yes, I'm going to bring the kids to school. Everything's great. And so we're also foster parents, so we have two foster kids right now as well. And I get up and I'm getting myself ready. I'm going to get my kids to get them dressed. And one of my foster kids comes walking to my room. But I'm like, wait, you're supposed to be at school. And he's like, I just threw up. And I'm like, wait, whoa, wait, you're supposed to be at school. What do you mean you just threw up? He's like, oh, no, no, he didn't take me. uh, My husband, he's like, he didn't take me to school today. I didn't feel good. I just threw up everywhere. Wait, huh? (laughs) Wait, but you weren't here. Wait a second. He's like, yeah, it's all in my bed right now. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yep. Yeah, let's do this. So I'm like cleaning up, throw up. My other kids are like, hey, mommy, like what's going to happen? All right. All right. So you, what what do you need? And the next one's like, oh, I'm a, I am have diarrhea right now. Oh, okay. Is that Fine. on the bed too? <laughs> no. Luckily he was on the potty. So I'm like okay. taking it out from the potty. And I'm like, this is fun. I love motherhood. Love motherhood, right? So I'm having this moment. And I'm trying to also figure out, what am I going to do? Like, all my kids are now sick. How do I juggle? I'm going to podcast today. I still got to get groceries. I had a plan. Like, and now everyone's just sitting here. So luckily, I have a husband. (laughs) And he says, hey, you need some backup. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So he stayed at home with me today. And he's downstairs. And he's making sure everyone is not vomiting everywhere and everyone is not diarrheaing on beds. But that's <laughs> a lot of my challenges as I say, I need help. <laughs> like, I call a friend 
I call the spouse, I call mother-in-law, I call someone and say, I can't do it. Um, it's too much today. I need some backup. And then sometimes someone comes, but if nobody comes, then it's just, well, we're just going to pivot <laughs> and do something different. Because here's the thing. I'm a dancer. I keep saying that. Being a dancer, you learn how to improvise. You learn how to adjust when things just don't go the right way. When a challenge comes up, you're just like, you look at all the situation, you say, okay, how do I go left? Because all the vomit's coming right. And I don't want to get vomit on me. So I'm going to just turn and go this way. So that's how I deal with my challenges. What a day. Thank you for yeah. coming on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is such an intense day. When you sent the... When you said the text message, I'm going to be five minutes late. I was like, oh, that's fine. I'm like, I'm always late. Like, we never start. Everything's on mom time. But girl, yeah. to be five minutes late dealing with all that, you are, you're a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So with all of that, being a mom, you also need to work on self-care. So how do you incorporate self-care in your busy schedule? Yeah. Um, so I love therapy. <laughs> so, so all the stuff that I do with my company is all like – therapeutic base, right? A lot of that came out of the idea because I've been going to therapy for like three years now. And now my therapist is just like BFF that I just come and hang out with on a weekly basis. And I, and I really do try to make sure like nothing else like takes that time because that really is my moment to just be a human to not be anything else for anybody else. And I, and like, people are like, oh, but you go to therapy for problems. And I'm like, sure, maybe I have problems I don't know about. I don't know. She'll figure it out while I'm there. But I just keep going. Like I go every week for like, I think three years now. And I love it. It, it literally, it's literally like my moment to just vent, to be mad, to be happy, to be sad. And she literally just listens. Now we've like have a relationship that she like responds back. I can, I forget I'm in a session because she's like, oh yes, girl. And I'm like, oh yeah. And then I'm like, oh wait, I have to pay you. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I love therapy. I feel like everyone should be in therapy, even if you don't have any like problems, quote unquote. Right. But like just to have that moment to be vulnerable, to be real, and yeah. just to let it all out and not have any judgment. Because it's not like it's a friend where like you they may go back and tell a friend of a friend and now you have a whole group talking about, you know, your bad dream the other night. I Yeah, I love therapy. I feel like everybody should be in therapy. Yeah, it's like a drama-free zone. You can say mm -hmm. anything. I can be mad at my husband. I can talk about him. And no one's going to say, oh, yeah, your husband's terrible. I'm like, no, no, no. I was, I was just mad at that moment. Like, it, it just passed. Yeah, my husband's like, fantastic. <laughs> But my therapist, I can be mad and she's like, yeah, he does suck right now, huh? And I'm like, yeah. And the next week she's like, husband's good huh? right now, huh? I'm like, yeah. Like, and she's able to adjust with me and it doesn't mean anything. Like I could say everything I need to say to be able to process, to be able to be okay, to be able to laugh with my kids. So I can talk with my kids with her and I can say my kids have been the literal worst this week. And she's like, yeah, kids suck, huh? I'm like, yeah, they do. Like, and I love that she affirms what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, you see me, even though that's kind of her job. But yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. In what ways does your therapeutic dance company impact the community and the individuals who participate? Can you share any like memorable stories or testimonials from some of your clients? My so the whole thing that I'm doing, as I keep saying, it's all about self love, self expression, etc. A lot of people that come in 
they come in with this desire to either learn their bodies or to express themselves. One of the one one of the main people that I kind of always talk about, she came to my first class when I did my first workshop back in October. And it's only a six week series. And when she comes in, she's like, I'm like, and I ask her, I'm like, what what prompted you to come? And she's like, you know, everyone talks about embodiment, but I don't even know what that means. Like I don't even I don't think I'm able to be embodied, but I kind of am interested in the idea, but I don't think it's possible for me. So I was like, okay, cool. So we do our whole first six weeks. And the first two weeks, she's just kind of like there, kind of skeptical, not really sure what's happening. Week three, we start like kind of moving a bit more. Week three, she starts crying and crying and crying. And by the end of it, and she cries the whole entire session. And by the end of it, I'm like, and we have discussion. I'm like, how's everyone feeling? And she's like, I don't know why I'm crying so much. I don't understand what's happening. And I came in today just saying, I don't think this is for me. And I don't think I'm actually able to be embodied. And I don't think I actually can feel my own body, but I don't know why I'm crying so much. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Before she comes back, we start doing movement. And then she's like, why does this feel so good for me? Like, I'm, I'm super confused. Like my body kind of likes this. I don't understand what's happening. Week five, we start doing individual movement. And she finished the class. She was like, this is my favorite class. I felt like I was able to express a little bit. Like, cool. So I'm like, all right, cool. She misses the last six, the sixth session. I'm like, fine. Everything was good. Fast forward, we do our next session in, in January. We come back and she comes for, I have a one-on-one, a one-on-two class. She comes to the one-on-two class. She starts the first week and she's like, yeah, I was really interested in doing this again. Like, I'm really excited. I'm like, okay, cool. So we comes to the first class. She's like, I think I'm a little bit more embodied than I was before. I'm like, okay, great. Second week, we start doing, uh, so in my one-on-two class, I, I basically take different concepts and then I make movement out of them. So she came up with the idea, she wanted to kind of process the idea of fear. So I created kind of this movement pro- practice to process fear and we start doing it and she starts bawling and bawling and bawling. I'm like, you okay? She's like, yeah, I don't know why I'm crying so much. It's happening for me again. I'm like, all right, cool. Week three of this last session, she comes in and she was like, Gabby. I'm like, what? She's like, I believe. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I'm an evangelist now. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, I went home this weekend and I was like, you know, we've been doing, I've been doing these classes. I don't understand my body fully. And she's like, so I went home and I put my blindfold on and I just kept feeling like frustrated in my body. And I couldn't figure out what to do. And then I put the blindfold on and I literally just heard your voice in my head of guiding me through doing different movements. And she's like, and I danced for an hour in my house by myself. And she was like, and when I say like, she's like, I let everything, like I ended it just bawling and bawling and bawling and bawling. And she's like, and my body felt so good. I was like, yeah. She's like, I don't understand all the science behind it, but like, I feel my body now. I feel like I'm now able to express myself to my friends, to people around me, to my husband. She's like, I was never able to like, show who I was to the world because I felt so much shame in my body. And she's like, my body now feels free to be present in the world. And she was like, I am now your body evangelist. And I was like, don't ever tell anybody that. We are not a cult. She was like, you are a leader. I was like, no. No. I was like, we are just people that move the body. That's it. That is beautiful though. But that's, but that's really what happens. So you'll see it with different people where 
they'll go through and each time they're just like crying for a moment and they're like i don't know why i'm crying and and it happens at every session you always have one or two that's just like i don't know what's happening i don't know what's going on in my body i don't know how my body's responding this way and then by the end of it they're like i see it i just i my body needed compassion and and i gave it to them. so we had a session this past week and one of the people in the class was she was doing movement and she was came in and she was like, I was feeling frustrated. And I'm like, yeah, I understand. And then by the end of it, she was like, and we were going through the guided movement and she was like, and you told us to like, you know, let her invite our, our elbows into the space and use our elbows for movement. And she was like, and I started doing that. I started using my elbows for movement and my elbows just kind of gave me a hug. And she was like, and I was kind of confused at first of why I was giving myself a hug. And she's like, and then you kept going to other parts of the body and every part of the body I touched. I was just giving myself hugs everywhere. And it was like, my body was telling me I needed some compassion oh, and wow. I needed healing and every part of my body. She's like, and I literally finished and was like, oh my gosh, I apparently needed love in my body. And my body now feels like safer because of just going through movements with the body. So that's actually kind of what happens very often when people kind of go through these things where but so a lot of the stuff that we do comes out of this research from um, the, the book, The Body Keeps the Score, that the body is holding on to trauma. The body's holding on to emotions and um, and it doesn't have a lot of spaces to get those things out, to process it. So what ends up happening is you go to therapy and therapy is just all talk therapy most of the time, unless you go to somatic or dance therapy. But it's because there's so much talk therapy, the body's still holding on to it. And most therapists will ask their clients, like, where are you feeling the body? And they're like, I don't know. I don't feel anything. Or they're like, I don't understand what's even happening. So they just don't have language for those feelings that are kind of like all stuck all around their bodies. So essentially in these classes, we're literally saying body, you can, you are invited to be present and you are invited to show what's there. And so much of it is that the body just hasn't had a moment to speak. It hasn't had a moment to just express, to be present with everything else, because we just so often just shut down the rest of our bodies. We stay in our head space. So in the community so far, you can consistently see people in spaces just kind of being like, I haven't had a moment to be my true self, to let my body be present. So right now we're doing a research study actually on this whole method that I created. So got approved by the IRB board, I'm working with professor and we're researching the whole thing, right? And the research study is actually specifically for black women. So we're looking at black women with black trauma and seeing can this movement method help um, release those emotions and those uh, of black trauma throughout black women. So that's amazing. This, thank you, yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. As we're doing this research study, you'll we keep seeing these, these common threads of like, just black black women constantly saying, I'm not allowed to be angry. I'm not allowed to be angry. I can't be angry. I'm afraid to be angry. I hear that a lot. Yes, right? I've I've heard that a lot. Like um that uh, what is what is it called? Uh stereotypical. Very stereotypical and you don't want to be a stereotype, so you have to hold on to these emotions because of, you know, prior Yes. Stere- yeah. stereo- hey, stereotyping. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is that you know, people have this this image of a black woman being angry mm-hmm. and it being very stereotypical. So you don't want to be a stereotype, so you hold it in. And that's not fair to to anybody. Yeah. That- and that's what's essentially been happening is they are literally holding it all in. 
And they're like, I can't get it out. And even like the first session, we were all talking and we're moving and they're like, how do you express? And they're like, I can't express. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I can see it, but I can't get anything out of me. And I'm like, okay, let's figure that out. And and we're yeah. doing all these classes and our, our classes past week, we're, we're doing it and we're talking about, you know, move, moving through a specific emotion and the emotion that we were, they were all trying to decide on. They're like, I don't know what emotion to do. And they're kind of talking around and trying to figure out what emotion would be best for the group. And someone was like, probably joy because joy is the easiest because they're like, we just can't, we can't play with anger. And I'm like, and I just kind of listened for a moment. And then essentially someone was like, we probably should do anger because we don't really get spaces to be angry. But they're like, no, it's going to be too much. Like, I can't just end on being angry. Like, anger is just, it's a, too much of an emotion. So I'm like, okay. So they finally decide they'll do anger and joy. So we all start doing our anger exercise. And essentially for how we do our, our dances for emotions in our classes is we go around the room and ask each person, how do you express that emotion? So for example, if I go to someone and I say, okay, how do you express anger? And one person might say, I stomp my feet. And they'll show everyone that it's stomp, 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 right? And then I go to the next person, I say, how do you express anger? And they're like, I yell, ah. And then what happens is when the first person shows their expression, we all together mimic that expression. So if they say, I stomp my feet, we all stomp. Next person says, cool. I yell. We all yell. And then we connect everyone's movements. So our first movement for our dance would then be stomping the feet. And the next movement for the dance would be a big yell. And we go around the room so everyone shows how they express that specific emotion. And so we have our full completed dance. But in this, you end up creating this community identity. Everyone ends up having a shared language of an emotion. And it destigmatizes the emotion so that it's no longer something that is afraid to touch or engage with. It now becomes something that's playful and something that you can interact with. So yesterday we did our emotion of anger and everyone was super nervous. And I'm like, how do you go around? And we went around the room. And as each person showed their way of expression, you could see their like anxiety levels just drop. And you could see each person kind of be like, oh, this isn't that bad. Oh, I'm allowed to express. And then the, the best one was at the end, someone finally did a big yell. So they yell as loud as they, as they can. And everyone kind of like stops. And you see all the black women in the space just kind of sitting there. And they're like, oh, that was scary. Oh, no, we can't do that. Oh, I'm, I'm afraid of this. And I'm kind of like, okay. And then, but, but in the class, once you, one person does it, we all have to respond. So then all the black women yell. And some people are like faking it the first time. But then after the person does it, we then do the dance together again. And, and as each person adds in their, their movement, we do the dance over and over again. So by like the fifth time of us doing this dance and there's the yell in the dance, by the fifth time, at this point, everyone just like lets it out. And they're yelling at the top of their lungs. like, <laughs> And you see them like fully in it where they're like, ah! right? And I bet watching, that is so beautiful to watch. It was. It truly was. And I'm watching these women like go from I'm not allowed to be angry to I can't yell to fully screaming. And then we discussed it after and everyone was like, they're like, I, I don't, I always internalize. I don't express my anger. I keep it all in. And they're like, but the yelling felt so good. And every woman said the exact same thing over and over again. And they're like, maybe I need to yell more. Like, but I'm not allowed to, but I need to, but I'm not. And they can see them like playing with that, that back and forth. And I'm like watching and listening. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, but all these expressions were good. 
And that's actually yes. the beauty in doing these type of classes as a community and as a group, especially around a specific emotion of dance with, with using movement, is because everyone then learns different ways they can express that emotion. So in our class, there are 10 people in this class. And with all the 10, we now have 10 different ways to express anger. So that when we express it one time and it's like, well, that didn't get it out. I yelled and I still feel pissed. Then it's like, okay, what else can I do? And now you have all these different examples of all these ways that you can now be angry. So everyone's like, I now have more techniques to process my anger yeah. than I had before. And I'm like, there it is. So, that, so that's, that's a lot of what we end up doing for most of the community is like giving them more tools to express. And then as they have more tools to express, they actually feel like they're able to release those emotions that they have been just holding on to for so long. Wow, Gabby, that's amazing that you give everybody the safe space to just be real and raw because nobody really has that space anymore. Yeah. And because we're, we're taught control it, hide it, you know, you have to be accommodating yeah. to other people. Yeah. You know, you have to, and the fact that you're able to release this out of all these people is fantastic. Thank you. No, it, it is beautiful work to do, to be able to be, watch people go through their process and their own transformation and see them go from, I'm not allowed to, this is unsafe, to I'm screaming. <laughs> and I feel whole and I feel beautiful and I feel perfect doing it. Like it is that moment where you're just like, yeah. So I, I know you have, in-person classes mm -hmm. and I know you're based out of Durham mm -hmm. but as somebody who lives in Mooresville closer to the Charlotte area mm -hmm. do you have any availability or any options or even future ideas of going maybe remote or virtual or online classes type of thing yes actually we currently offer a class online um, our online class is actually a poems class currently. So it's an after hour. So you're like, what's a poems class? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, I made about, I made, a, I created all these different techniques. Um, and one of the things that I created was this idea of moving through the poems. So taking different words of different poets and letting the body respond to them. So I basically created a practice where we listen to the poem the first time we then engage with the poem the second time with a little bit of movement. And then we go fully letting the body fully express on the third time. So we'd use different poems, different poets, kind of giving out different themes, different ideas, different motifs, and let the body respond to them. And then on the fourth, we then take a moment to respond through journaling, where we write down what was the poem teaching me? What, what was my body trying to say with this? What am I missing maybe in my own life that I was that I didn't hear from the first time? So I offer that class currently online. And then I also do um, private sessions as well online. So all of my um, private sessions are remote, um, virtual. That's amazing. That is, well, expect to be seeing me soon. <laughs> because I, I love to dance. I love poems. I like, this is, you are a visionary. Like, this is amazing. I, yeah. Do you have any other um, future goals or plans for Express and Release Therapeutic Dance? I recognize that I am creating a whole new world. Yeah. I, I'm trying to reimagine movement for myself, for others, for the culture. And I was at a birthday party the other day and it was there was two boys, two boy moms, and then I obviously am a boy mom as well. And they said that we want to do dance, but our boys don't want to do the ballet class. They don't want to do the 
um, tap and jazz class, but they want to dance. So you are inviting a safe space because, again, boys stigma, dancing, dancing is girly. No, dancing is dancing. Um, <laughs> but the fact that you're opening up this safe space where these these boys can go and dance and be raw and real and there's no anything where, you know, specifically black women can go and feel anger, yeah. where, you know, war vets can go and cry and be it, – it's just like it is so beautiful and – Gabby, I'm like I got I'm getting like goosebumps. Like I am so excited for you. Like this is amazing. Thank you. And that that's actually why I wanted to do all of it. I wanted to create places and spaces for people to 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 create movement to be accessible to everybody, regardless of what they look like, regardless of their gender, regardless of anything. Because movement has become so stigmatized it's dance has become this thing that's only for a certain type of person i've heard so long my whole life oh i'm not a dancer or i can't dance and i'm like why we all have a heartbeat everyone's heart beats everyone breathes we are all doing movement we are all dancing and everyone will push back and say no no i can't do that and i'm like what is that we were created to move and i and i and i tell people all the time i'm like if a toddler moves naturally dances naturally and we promote it we are excited about it when they're shaking and they're like and we're like yeah that's so cute right and that's how they now every toddler does it there i have not met a toddler that does not move as naturally with their bodies but then we we then complicate it and we start saying it's for a specific type of person or it's for a specific type of thing or for a specific type of place and i'm like no it's just how we should be engaging with ourselves in the world so I am all about trying to invite every person, regardless of age, sex, gender, race, everything, like profession, like to where professions are misunderstood in a lot of ways. And I'm like, can, and, and people are hurting, like people hurt people, hurt people, right? So I'm yeah. like, if we can help people heal, can they also then start healing? Can healed people heal people? So I'm like, can we create spaces where people can heal so that they can then become healers for the next person? That's so beautiful. Yeah. Gabby, you are truly a visionary, and I am so grateful that we got to speak today. So what piece of advice would you give to our listeners who would like to start a journey like this with therapeutic dance or something similar? Um, and how can they find you if they want to learn more information about what you're doing? The advice I would give to people as they're trying to – learn their own bodies <laughs> um now without i'm not ever coming to my class right i think the one thing i would say is right now where you're at right now is give yourself compassion like learn to just self-love tell the body and the self that it's love remind the body that it's accepted find safety back in the body and the self i mean what i do all the time i end every class with placing a hand over my heart and inviting every participant to remind themselves that they are loved, that they are supported, and they are whole, and they're perfectly imperfect. And reminding the self of that every single day is the first step to see beauty back in the self, to see hope back in the self, and love back in the self. To find me, you can find me at expressandrelease.com. That's an N, the letter N, like name. 
Um, so expressandrelease.com. You can find me on Instagram, on Facebook at express and release, same end. Um, you can email if you're like, hey, I really want to get in contact with you. You can send me an email at Gabby at expressandrelease.com. Um, if you're just like, no, I just want to like jump in, you can uh, sign up for a, um, what do you call these things? A private session. You can sign up for a one-on-one <laughs> session with me online as well. We'll start at the beginning. We'll start getting on this journey of loving the self, of finding beauty and wholeness in the self, of accepting the emotions that are within, expressing them through movement to release them from the self. Um, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so grateful for you both. Thank you so much for coming on, Gabby. And I will put all your links in the description below for all of our listeners. It was, It has been amazing and eye-opening talking to you. Yeah, you're inspirational. <laughs> thank you. So thank you so much.